Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Right here? Where? Right here? <laughs> Where are you? Oh. Hello. Welcome back, archivists. Welcome back. Are you going to keep that in so they can enjoy it? I don't know. <laughs> we were just testing the mics, but he didn't tell me that he had started it yet. Yeah. We recorded. All right. Welcome back, archivists. All right. What do we got today? So I mentioned last week that we were going to have kind of like a part two, a little mini series, yeah. whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, of the same. Well, there's a connection. Yeah, yeah there's a connection. I don't know if it's a part two, but there's a connection, right? Right. I mean, we're going to talk about some of the same things we talked about last week, but it is we're talking about the murders of William or Billy Lavaco and Judith Straub, uh-huh. um, and they were murdered by the same person as our couple that we spoke about, uh, Tim and Kelly, last week. And that's the connection. And who was the bad guy last week? Edward Wayne Edwards. He is a serial killer. We are in Ohio this week. So remember I mentioned he confessed to these murders because it was in Ohio and he wanted the yep. death penalty. He so wanted the death penalty, right? Yep. So we're in Ohio this week. Also, if you haven't already listened to last, last week's episode, Go, I mean, it's not a. You don't have to before you listen to this, but I would recommend it. Yeah, because you do give a little of the background about him there too. I, I imagine you're going to go over mm. it again today. A little I'm going to go over more yeah. of like okay, uh, more. Uh, there's other stuff I'm going to go right. over, but yeah, okay. there is. I get, do go more in depth into All his right. background. I like the way I broke it up is I went in depth into his background last week, so like there's not a lot of his background this week. Okay, so yeah, if you if you want to. I mean, he's not really super a good person. So like, <laughs> if you right. want to hear his background, I didn't go super in depth, but I went there. Judith's brother. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Judith's brother says that she describes Judith as an all-American girl. She had blonde hair, blue eyes. And this is I'm quoting him. She's a very pretty girl. Everybody loved her. He goes on to say, I had never heard anybody say a bad word about her. And I couldn't ask for a sister. You couldn't ask for a sister you could be more proud of. So that's all quoted from her brother. In August of 1977, Judith is 18 years old. And William, or Billy, was 21. She was from Sterling, Ohio, and he was from Doylestown. Although he was born in Barberton, which is Summit County, which is basically where all of this is taking place anyway. So the county, you know, holds all of those. Uh Uh-huh. William had graduated from Chippewa High School in 1974 and worked for B&O Railroad Company. He was active in FFA and loved being outside. Friends also said that he loved baseball and was even good at it. It's also it also said in the article that he in the little news article from 1974. I got most of my information from the actual news articles from 1977. I'm sorry, I said 74, 1977. But the article also said that he liked, like, basketball and football, so he was just, he liked sports. 
Judith went to Ritman High School. She was in the gym- the gymnastics club there and on the track team. And then in 1975, for her junior year of high school, she actually started at Wayne Co. Joint Vocational School in Smithsville to study dental assisting. So she went to like a, voca- a vocational school. Oh, That's cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. She ended up working full time as a dental assistant at the time of her death in 1977. So she was able to start working and doing what she wanted to. The two of them had been dating since December of 1976. So barely almost not even a full year at the time of our story. One article from 1977 also says that Judith had been dating other people. Um, It doesn't seem like they were super serious. I I don't really know why it's relevant and I don't know how reliable it is because it was only one article that said it, but it was Mm -hmm. from an article in 1977 when this happened. So I don't know why it's super relevant, though, because they were both murdered. If it was just her, maybe that would be relevant, right? Or am I crazy? What are you asking? One of the articles that I read in 19, from 1977 right. mentions that she was dating other people. I don't know how reliable that is because it was just one article. Now, my thought process is, why is that even really relevant? They were both murdered. I feel like it would only really be relevant if he, if she, only she well, was murdered. You know, like why does it matter that she was dating other people? Obviously, you, you don't know why. You know, they both got killed, right? Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, why is that relevant that she was dating other people if she was? Well, because it, it could have been somebody that she was dating. Oh, one got, of the other guys. Okay, could have yeah. been See? the bad guy. See, I needed you to walk me through that. Yeah. Okay. The couple was last seen Saturday, August 6th, 1977 at the Sun Valley Inn in Doylestown. Police received some conflicting information, and I'll go over that, on when exactly they were seen. But for sure, Judith was last seen at the inn at 10.30 a.m. They're unclear if William was with her at 2.30 a.m. However, according to the medical examiner they were murdered a short time later around 3 a.m so it would only make sense to me that he would be leaving with her because they they uh, i'll get to it they were found together so yeah yeah that makes sense right so according to william's friends there had been a party friday night and william had plans to go meet judith at the sun valley inn apparently the sun valley inn was like this tavern that was just like the local place to go they had a live band so it was just like where everyone went to hang out so it was common they went there a lot he didn't leave his friend's little party until 2 a.m and he was seen walking towards the inn And everyone knew that he had plans to go meet her. Meanwhile, another friend that was already at the Sun Valley Inn said that they saw Judith go out the back door with a man around 1.15 a.m. Just a man. They don't know who. Yeah, an unidentified man. Okay. Now, this witness says that they left around 1.30 and Judith had not come back inside yet. And we also know that William wasn't there yet because he didn't even leave till 2. And then... Witnesses say that he arrived shortly after two. And then that's when we get the, well, we saw Judith at 2.30, but we're not 100% sure that William was with her. That's when the police get conflicting information. Oh, yeah, this is already confusing. Yeah. But again, they were, they're were they found they're found together. So yeah. obviously they they're just to trying to together. piece it together. Like the timeline, they're trying to piece it together to see who they were in contact with and that kind of thing. Who they came with, who they left with, who they were around. 
That's all. Trying to put together the night. What went on? I want to say um, articles that were written back in the day in 1977 mm-hmm. are way more detailed than articles that are written present day 2023. Oh, really? I got way. Yes. I usually when I do like the research for these, whenever I can get a hold of an an, uh, article from like when it took place, like back in the 70s, 60s, 50s, whatever, it has way more information than any article that I ever find. The articles that I find that are written now are are all copied and pasted from the same like person. Are you reading like the update so they have more information to write about? No, whether it was no. Current. These are like the old, like the picture ah, clippings okay, okay, of I the gotcha. physical I newspaper, gotcha. like the the clipping that they post mm-hmm. that happens when it happens. Williams' car had been found abandoned near one of the two ponds near Wayne and Summit County, which is near in Silver Creek Metropolitan Park. Okay, they were reported missing. Sunday night after his car was found. So his car is found around and Sunday night. Uh-huh. So we're talking Saturday, 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m., okay, is when the last time that or they're go- seen. Or going into Sunday morning. No, it was Friday going into Saturday. Okay. okay. Yeah, because the party that he was at was Friday night late, and All he right. didn't leave that party until two. One, yeah, 2 Saturday morning. So his car is found Sunday night. And that's when they're reported missing. Okay, are we tracking? Yep, paying attention. 300 feet away from the car is where their bodies are found. Okay, real quick, where was the car found? Silver Creek Metropolitan Park. Park, the park. But it's one of the, it was, his car was found near one of the two ponds. Right. And then 300 feet away in like more of the wooded park area. Is where William and Judith are found. With okay, so they we know that they ended up. He ended up getting there and picking her up and everything. Then, right, his cars found Sunday night. Yeah, they are found Monday morning. Monday morning. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, right. So yeah, so that's that's why I'm saying they obviously mm-hmm. they left together. I don't know why it was yeah. so conflicting. So all that other stuff. Is just good for who they were in contact with. They still right. left together. They it they, puts together proven. the timeline of like well uh, yeah well, and, she and went who, outside with someone with someone who it, right what was going on what they're doing because right they still left together so they still got there and left together as right. was the plan okay so they're found early Monday morning three hundred feet from where the car was found and they're both found with gunshot wounds to their necks to the necks oh wow. Uh, also, it was reported that they had been placed there. Front of the neck, back of the neck? It, I think the front of the neck. Okay. Somewhat. Yeah, the front of the neck. I didn't want to use the term, but they had been placed there. So there was no blood then at that right. location. Right. That doesn't really match up with what we know later, but yeah, that is what is said. They were placed there, so he moved. the person moved them. He moved them. Mm-hmm. Talk about the crime scene now, specifically this area where the car and they're found. The car has four hundred dollars in cash in Judas' purse, mm-hmm. still left there. No weapon is so found. So it's not a robbery, right? That's immediately where they go. No weapon is found. Uh, like I mentioned, they both have a single gunshot wound to the neck. And then another one of the articles that I read from nineteen seventy-seven, 
quotes the Norton police chief as saying, and I quote, we have a small piece of evidence that could be important if we find the right person. Unclear of what that was, even now that we know who it, who killed them, that piece of evidence that they have does not come up. So I don't know what that is. Yeah, it wouldn't be fingerprints because they would know who it is. Right. 1977. Yeah, fingerprints. That was right. Yeah. Right. No. They, yeah. Oh, unless unless it was a fingerprint and they'd have to wait to get the print. You did. They, they, they didn't have the APHIS or whatever. Yeah. Maybe. So they said we have a small piece of evidence that could be important if we find the right person. So, I mean, the only thing that would make sense would be a fingerprint. And again, that would be the only like knowing what I know now that would make sense. That would be the only thing that okay. would make sense. All right. But that's it. That's all we're going to talk about that then. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that, that is never mentioned again. It's not brought up in any other article I read. It's not brought up. And I mentioned that I watched a couple TV shows. Just a lie, you know. Oh, you think that maybe the police chief was just saying that to try and get someone to come forward? Possible. Oh, that's smart. The Ohio Bureau of Criminal Identification and Investigation does, in fact, go through the car and the truck to eliminate fingerprints. So they are eliminating people with fingerprints. Okay. Okay. So that, again, that would be my assumption. They also interviewed between 20 and 25 people within the first few days. So, again, I'm assuming that's like all the friends and the witnesses that were at both parties. Police also find out that the hotel with the Sun Valley Inn had been about three-fourths full that Friday night, which is is unusual. It's usually way busier because they have that live band that I mentioned. So that was something that they thought was unusual, I guess. Yeah, it it also adds to the suspect pool potentially, you know. What do you mean? Well, because that's where the the bar was, the, where the place was, right? With, with a, yeah, yeah. It was like a tavern and a hotel. Yeah, so it, it could potentially open some doors for some witnesses or something, maybe, mm-hmm. or suspects. All right. Some more friends come forward and explain that the couple had a joint savings account, and William had actually just gotten paid that day, so that explained the four hundred dollars that they had that was left in Judas purse. Judas purse. Imagine that before they got married. Yeah, so again, like the whole I don't I don't think that I believe the one article that said that she was dating other people. Well, let's see what happened. At this point, the case goes cold. Uh-huh. And th- I mean that we're still in 1977. This is still I mean days within weeks, months. Like it goes cold immediately. And then Okay, I- but let's back up. So it's cold. They have the bodies, the vehicle, no other evidence other than the sheriff saying we have something, some piece of of evidence. Right. I'm assuming it's the fingerprint because they were going through and eliminating fingerprints. Yeah, and, and he said if we find the right person, so mm, it, I feel like it had to have been a fingerprint. And and there's no bullet or casing or anything because they believed that the, the body was definitely taken, so there was uh, uh, put placed there. So and there's no blood seen at all. Okay. Based off of the confession that we get, though, I don't that I don't oh, know. Oh, we get a confession. We t- yeah, we talked about this. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we have we. I said at the top of the episode. Yeah. That it's the same serial killer from last week. I know. Edward I'm just trying to get excited Edwards. about it. <laughs> All right. So the case goes cold. 
And then we're going to, again, fast forward. Remember I mentioned around like 2006 to 2009, April comes forward. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I this is this is all the information that I had where I was like starting to slowly. Yeah, well, just remind you. everybody who, who it is. So April is Edward Edwards' daughter. Yeah, yeah. So in 2006 really is when this starts. She starts like she sits down with her siblings and they start to put memories together. I mentioned the arson. Um, her father had had her brothers help him set their house on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, after they had already moved, and this is in Pennsylvania, they had just moved to Pennsylvania from another house fire. So, like, the, the kids are like, oh, my God, again. But then, you know, the boys come out and say, well, no, like, he asked us, dad asked us to help him set the house on fire. Wow, that's incredible. That's unbelievable. Yeah. He, in 1980, he stabs his wife <laughs> over a bag of chips. Oh, my April's gosh. mom, yeah. They put together the whole drifter lifestyle. And then she also remembers an instance where when they had first moved to what, we now know as Ohio um, after the house had set on fire, a guy had been helping her dad build a house in 1977. Mm -hmm. Very nice guy. The guy suddenly disappeared, no longer came around. And then they again in the middle of the night moved away from Ohio. This is what the kids were remembering. (laughs) Yes. This is what they are talking about that they remembered. Like I mentioned last week, he was telling the family that there were people after him and he so he they had to keep moving around in the middle of the night. That's why they were moving in the middle of the night. He was going by different names sometimes. And it was all because people were after him and he he was the victim. He had to keep them safe. They believed it was based off of like his past criminal lifestyle. Right, because he wrote because, the book. Yes, so to to jog your, to remind you guys, he wrote a book on his criminal background. He spent time in Leavenworth, and he I feel like was I remember paroled. seeing this maybe in the talk shows in the early days. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, he's a he's a serial killer. He yeah, I, he's well, he wasn't saying I killed people in, for, in his book. He just is saying I lived a life of crime. Right, but he very much so the yeah. when I talked about it last week, the law enforcement and the prosecutors, the DA, they all when they read his book, they said he very much exhibited textbook serial killer clues, like the abuse. His mom killed herself in front of him when he was young, and then that's when he spent time in the orphanage and uh, received abuse while living in the orphanage. They talk about him being a bedwetter, just his demeanor with animal, all of those things mm-hmm. that like leads to being a serial killer. Like the textbook definition is what he was essentially writing in his book. He also talks about the type of victims that he went after, uh-huh. which is very. Oh, much that's pretty good for those detectives. And in the, in the last story, well, that yeah, and that's that's kind of it made sense. That's why I mm-hmm. said you know when when he saw Kelly she fit his his uh victim mm-hmm. type like she fit the profile for him and that's why he went after them okay so how how do we get him this on this one again what's what did you say so she sits down with her siblings april's sitting down oh, with her siblings okay, yeah, they're yeah. going over this she comes across the article or the the news report from Detective, Detective Garcia yeah. that I mentioned that he, uh, and she starts putting all of the information together. She reads about the sweetheart murders of Tim Hack and Kelly Drew. We mm-hmm. talked about them last week. 
And she started reading about the Concord House, and that is when she immediately remembers the night that her dad came home with a broken nose. And I, I talked about this last week also. So she says that he came home one night from work and tells he comes in with a broken nose, messed up face, and he tells his wife, April's mom, that he got into an actual physical fight. But like the next day or the next night, the police come to the house to interview mm-hmm. him because he had been an employee of the Concord House. And when they ask him what happened, he tells them that it was uh, from a deer hunting accident. <laughs> and what month was this in? August. Do you okay. want to remind everyone yeah. <laughs> what does not exist in August? Yeah, deer hunting. But like also August. he blatantly lied in front of his children I like you know that's so risky. Right, Children but this is say still, everything. This is still for the other murder, though. Right, right. Yeah, this, yeah. She's reading right now about the yeah. sweetheart murders, yeah. and yeah. she also talks about how he after they left. So the police came and interviewed him. He lied to their face. She knew that he lied. They pack up in the middle of the night and move. Okay, and she said after they left, he would obsess over Tim and Kelly's murders for years. He would talk about them constantly and just obsess and obsess That's over interesting. Tim and Kelly's. Yeah. So this is interesting that we have some siblings saying, "Hey, we think it's our dad," and we're putting two and two together because typically, you know how like with the genetic genealogy and stuff. They go to the sibling, oh, and they don't want to get involved, mm-hmm. or they're not sure, or they have no clue. But these these people, they w- were starting to put it all together. He was so, like, blatant in front of, like, blatantly doing these things in front mm-hmm. of the kids, though. So Narcissists? Like, that. it is insane. Uh, but, you know, what a good move on that detective for going to the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she had already, so the thing is, is that she, her and her siblings had already sat down and started talking and being like, what was up with dad all those years? You know, like they had already started to like, I don't think dad's a great dude. And then they happened to see the the article. So it was like just a, a good coincidence, right? So then, like I mentioned, she reaches out to Detective Garcia with this information once she reads about um tim and kelly in the concord house she's like Uh hold up we live she also remembers like we lived there dad worked there she reaches out to detective garcia and then in 2009 detective garcia goes to speak to him he gets his dna he has a warrant they spend eight hours together yeah you know he asks him about the deer hunting he's like did you ever deer hunt yeah and he says no i never deer hunted when i lived in wisconsin nice question yeah yep so he gets his DNA. They find out that his DNA is a match for the DNA profile that they had found on Kelly, mm-hmm. on Kelly's pants and underwear. Mm-hmm. April, in the episode that I watched, talks about what it was like finding out that her father had, in fact, killed Tim and Kelly. And yeah. it was just, you know, shocking and upsetting. It, you know, that was her father. This is when Edwards decides he doesn't want to die slowly from his health in jail. Okay. So now right. he's been arrested, extradited back to Wisconsin because Tim and Kelly's deaths took place in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. He decides that he still wants to be in control, right? He's mm-hmm. a narcissist. He's, he just wants to have that control. And this is when he decides to write to law enforcement in Norton, Ohio in 2010. And this is when he confesses to killing William Lavaco and Judith Straub. Oh, wow. He just straight up says, I, yes, I killed them. Now, he knows that at this time in 2010, Ohio has the death penalty. So that's really what he wants to, con- that's what oh, he Oh, that's wants. why he's confessing to that. Yes, he wants the death penalty. However, in 1977, when he murdered William and Judith, the death penalty did not exist. So 
as we mentioned, he's not going to receive the death penalty, mm-hmm. but he does confess to um, these murders. So this is what he says happened. Now, remember uh-huh. I mentioned that April talks about a kid, a young kid working f- with her father to help them build a house when they moved from yeah, Pennsylvania. And he disappeared. And he just disappeared. And yeah. then the next night they picked up in the middle of the night and moved. Right, right. So that was Billy Lavaco, William Lavaco. That was him. Oh, he worked for his dad? Yes. So Edward oh, wow. Edwards sits down and it's a video confession. And he says that Billy was working as a carpenter with Edward to help him build their house. They were building their house from the ground. Uh-huh. Up. One day, Billy is playing with the kids, specifically playing with April. And uh-huh. he is, they're just running around there. You know, they're just playing. They're, he's, I mean, he's a young kid. He's in his early, he's, what did I say, 21. 21, yeah. So they're just, you know, they're playing. And this enrages Edward. And he, in his mind, puts it in his mind that Billy has done something he, to his daughter. To April, yes. He, in his mind, labels billy as a pedophile and says yes and he thinks that billy is just after april so he threatens billy and essentially says you know stay away from my daughter you better not you better not do anything i will kill you like he threatens him he can't get this thought out of his head though he just cannot get this Mm -hmm. thought out of his head that billy has already done something to april and then he sees billy at a bar one night with his girlfriend. So now we are back to the night of August 1977. All right. And he, so he knows the guy, so it's easy for him to approach him. Yes. So he sees them together at the bar. He says that they leave the bar and he follows them and he follows them. Oh, so he didn't approach him at the bar then. Right. Not at the bar. He, follows them to what is being referred to as a lover's lane at Silver Creek Metropolitan Park. Mm-hmm. I think that's just what ever like every yeah, secluded every area place gets, where they yeah, go parking at yeah. Gets called that, but yeah. it's yeah, it's the park. He follows them to the Silver Creek Metropolitan Park. He says that he goes up to them in the car with a shotgun. He tells Judith to stay in the car. This is why also I said I think Oh, we, uh, we did see this. We uh, we did see this uh, in a documentary or something. Now I know. Yeah. I did. I mean, there's a couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah, I did see. That. Okay, go ahead. It's starting to sound familiar at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So he says that he tells Judith to stay in the car. He just wants to talk to Billy. She insists. He and now again, this is all his account. Right. He says that she insists on getting out of the car and insists on being with Billy. And Edward says, you know, he has the shotgun. Billy tells him there's money in the car. Just take it. If that's what you want, just Uh take it. Right. And he apparently Billy called him Wayne. Like he called him by his middle name. Remember I mentioned last week, Detective Garcia asked him to sign his book. He was like playing to his ego and he goes, oh, is it okay? I'm going to sign it Wayne for you. Right. So apparently Billy calls him Wayne. Edward says that he looks at Billy and says, Billy, you know what you just did. Shoots Billy in the throat. And then looks at Judith and shoots her. And he says what he just did was that Billy told Judith who he was. He told Judith his name. And that is what prompted him to kill both of them. Uh, Oh, just because she knew his name? Yeah. 
Billy uh, Edward hadn't even said anything or hadn't even gotten to say oh, anything. Oh, so but Billy so called he, him by his name, so he yeah, shot Billy, both of them. So so she doesn't know that Billy knows who he is at this point. Right. Well, once he says, "Hey Wayne, yeah, there's yeah, money yeah. in my car. Yeah. In the car, just take the money if that's what you want." That's when Edward is like, "Well, now she knows that you know me, and now she knows my name." Wow. So there was, no, but. Other than him confessing, there, there was no. It was cold. There was no nothing. There was no DNA. And so now I, I'm guessing no, the fingerprints. There was no sex assault. There was nothing. Right. So now I'm guessing though maybe they didn't even have a fingerprint because what they would have wouldn't they have had his after all of that? Yeah, I don't know what that would have been because did he touch the car? It doesn't sound like he touched the car. He probably just pointed the gun at him. That's what I'm saying. Like the yeah. only thing that I could think of that it would be would be a fingerprint, but I don't. It didn't. Even in the like the reenactment they do in the the show, it didn't. Unless didn't they got a the shotgun car. shell, you know, maybe. Right, because he had a shotgun. Yeah. He said, "Yeah, he he said he had a shotgun. He said he took the shotgun." Mm. Um, yeah, unless that was it, and that could they have done? Is that was that technology around in 1977? What what technology? Matching um the bullets to the gun. Yeah, I'm not sure, but but it's it's. It's evidence, like, okay, you confessed to the crime. What kind of bullets did you have? What kind of, you know, what do you remember, you know, or something? Do but, you have a gun? Can we search your house for the gun and you know, match but, it? But, you know, you can also get fingerprints off the casing, too. Maybe, potentially, from a shotgun shell. I know it might be difficult. Oh, well, aren't those bigger? Yeah, but sometimes they're rigid, you know, and I don't know if it would pick up a mm. fingerprint. I thought just about anything could pick up a fingerprint. Yeah, kind of. All right, but other than that, they had nothing. The the police had really, in the end, they had nothing. Yeah, so had he not confessed, their murders would have continued to go unsolved. Well, again, good good thinking on that detective to when he took it over. They said, "Here's your box, you know, cold case," and he said, "I'm gonna put an ad in the paper." Or was it social media? Or it was the media, the news media. media, He he looked he looked back at the map and was like, "That's a triangle. Someone lives here." And it, I, they did. They, yeah, they no, had that's lived good there. thinking. That's good detective work right there. Yeah, and uh, they had lived there within that little circle, mm-hmm. and he even worked at the Concord House. And, I mean, so th- this goes back to Tim and Kelly's murder, though. Like, had Detective Garcia not done that for their right. murder. that's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it's good detective. But other than that, they had nothing on this. Yeah. At least the other case, they had, they had DNA. had a lot of witnesses. Yeah, that's know? true. That is That is true. We've, you know, we've, it's similar because we've talked before about with genetic genealogy, there was, there's been a couple of cases where they were connected where, uh, it was the same dude and had they not figured out the first one, they wouldn't have. So it's like, we've talked about this thing, this before with cases connected like that. Wow. Okay. Law enforcement and April say that there was never any evidence of any type of molestation going on by Billy. Mm-hmm. She said that she never knew Billy had been murdered. Again, she he was there helping them build a house, and then all of a sudden he was gone, and then they moved. So she had not even known about that. Did they finish building the house? I mean, these kind of no, things. No, he picked up. Yeah, he picked up and moved. I know. Like, what happened to the house and the land that he was building the house on? Yeah. All questions that we think of, but really yeah, not relevant. Yeah, n- not relevant, right? But we're just curious. Like, what happened to the house, you know? Yeah. I See, I ask those questions. but And then as we talked about, uh, after this confession, he... So, I also read an, another article that said from 2009 or 2010, 
that law enforcement in Ohio, they obviously were taking this seriously, mm-hmm. but they weren't charging him right away because they wanted to corroborate his story. Yeah, they, they, because he confessed it, they don't have any DNA, they well, don't have any and evidence. And he's already in, in jail, right? So, right. And they can always, they always have time to go back to him and say, what about this, what about that, you know? Where'd you take the body? Show me on the map. And then they go back and put it together. No, right. I, I get that. Yeah. You know, I get that. All right, cool. So uh, they are going to charge him, though. They do charge him. But yeah, as I course. mentioned, Ohio does not carry the death penalty in 1977. When did he find out? I th- I think when he what? confessed, they like they talked to him and they were yeah. like, "Yeah, you're not going to get the death penalty for this. We're, I mean, we're going to charge you after we do this yeah. investigation, but you're yeah. not getting the death penalty. Did he, so, did he die before that trial? No, no. I, I'm going to get there. He, oh, yeah, okay. No, no, okay. He, he gets sentenced. Uh, after he finds out that he's not eligible for the death penalty, this is when then he admits to killing his foster son, Danny Law Gleckner, wow. who was 25 in 1996. So he killed him in 1996. So we've got right now 77, 80, and 96 that we know of. What the hell did he kill him for? Uh, life insurance. Took me a second. Sorry. Life oh, insurance. Okay. Yes. And for that, he does receive the death penalty. Okay. For that. But he dies in prison. Yes. For William and Judith's murders, he pleads guilty to two counts of aggravated murder on June 11th, 2010. And the judge imposes the max sentence available for that for for that in 1977, which is life with parole eligibility after 10 years. Man, I'm glad the law changed. Yeah, that's crazy. Life with parole after 10 years. That was that was. That was it in 1977. Mm. So, like, good on you for changing the laws, Ohio. Uh, it has to run consecutive. That was also. And then, yeah, he he was set to be executed for the murder of his uh, foster son in August of 2011. But he died in April of 2011 from natural causes. You know, so it's just really sad all around. Uh, everyone, law enforcement and April, do believe that he killed more people Uh, it's possible yeah april talks about you know the guilt and regrets of turning him in versus not turning him in you know he was her father it's she said it's a no-win situation and she looks back now at their life she said you know they used to go on these family camping trips but like he wouldn't ever go in the tent with him he was always like disappearing and going off and so it's made her wonder over the years like what were we really doing in the middle of the woods you yeah. know, and Detective Garcia says the same thing. He doesn't believe that he only committed the five murders that he. Well, they got his DNA, so if something comes up, right, with know. all of this new, yeah, because this ended in 2011 when he. But it died, also sounds so. like he's just a murderer too, so not necessarily. I mean, I know he sexually assaulted that little girl in the first one, but he, you, so I, I mentioned his confession for Judith and William and Danny are all recorded, like mm-hmm. video recorded. And he straight up, they asked him if he was sorry. And he was like, well, no, if I was sorry, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> like he straight up is, he's so like nonchalant. Yeah, sociopath. Yeah. It's crazy. He's very, you know what? I also, he kind of looks like the Golden State Killer. <laughs> I like, it kept tripping me up yeah. every time I would see him. Cause I'm like, you, he uh, does look. look like him. Let me look. Yeah. I, I mean, they're two old white dudes who killed a lot of people. So they don't look great. 
<laughs> They're looking a little rough. What's his name again? Ed- Edward, Ed- Ed- Edward Wayne Edwards. Also, a lot of people think that he's the Zodiac Killer. And oh, that's why he looks familiar. Because that's, I think, what's going on. Is he the one? See, okay, I asked you this the other night, and you said no. But I, I, there's, I there's news right. in the Zodiac Killer. Like, the, uh, the, the thing that was, oh, my God, I cannot talk. The code, th- one of the codes was cracked last year. And a lot of people think that Edward Edwards was the Zodiac Killer because, here's the connections, the Zodiac Killer killed couples, and mm-hmm. so far, he's the majority of the majority of the people that he's at least confessed to has been couples. Also, what someone pointed out in the episode, so his what, thirteen is one of like the numbers with the Zodiac, right? Like the 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 characters, mm-hmm. and Edward Edwards, Edward Wayne Edwards, or Edward Edwards is thirteen letters. Mm-hmm. And then, what was the? Uh, there's another thirteen. His I I didn't write that part down because you dismissed it when I mentioned it, so I didn't think it was important. But is he the one that they're saying they really think is connected? Is that what you looked up? No, I'm just looking at the picture. He looks familiar, and I think maybe that might be it. Yeah, know? because a lot of people think that he could be the Zodiac killer because again, they were uh, drifters. They were moving literally all over the country, and then his connection to killing couples. So, mm-hmm. although I feel like if that was like a very large possibility, I feel like April would have mentioned that and been like, mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been where she went first, you know, like the Zodiac killing killer is like such a big known thing. And all of those cases are so well known. I feel like once her and her siblings started to like sit down and talk, mm-hmm. that would have been the first place they went. If they were like, hold up, we were in California at this time. Yeah, they could they could piece together a lot. Right. Know? And the fact that like she didn't say anything, they didn't say anything about that. That I'm like, I don't know that I believe. Hmm. But I mean, there's some people that think that he killed he's responsible for killing John Benet Ramsey, hmm. Teresa Hawbach, uh who did it? Jimmy Hoffa. Hmm. Literally the list went on and on and on of people that every a lot of people think that he killed. Which, like, I mean, Wisconsin, Teresa Halbach was in Wisconsin. Yeah, so that's that's really all I, all I have for this. <laughs> he, all right. You know, so, so yeah, not closure. Like, not like part two, but definitely a, a relation a with the yeah. bad guy. Because we do these kind of things all the time, and we talk about, I think we've done this before, we talk about, was the one somebody killed, like, five or six women, but we only talk, we're talking about one of them. That was uh, out here. Yeah. Route sixty. Uh, route route twenty nine. Killer. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is kind of neat that you, I like how you did this one. Put this one together. Yeah. I. You know, we would not have had closure for William Lavaco and Judith Straub mm-hmm. if it had not been. for I mean, there wasn't April much to discuss about this case. You know, yeah. like crime scene. Not, not much for me to discuss, but it was still interesting. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I want I still no, wanted to talk no, about no, them okay. because it it was amazing. Right. Their case would have gone cold. Like they they would have never gotten closure. Yep. So I think right, that's cool. pretty awesome. So thank you guys for listening this week. As always, you can follow us on True Crime Archives Podcast on Instagram and TC Archives Pod on Twitter for all of the updates with each episode and any other update we have going forward. And we will be here next week. Later. Bye.